Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Today we have uh, not just a special guest, but really family. He's been to renovation multiple times. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. Him and his wife, Whitney, are friends of Jessica and I's. We love him to death. Um, he is a blessed pastor, a blessed father, a blessed husband. And this man can preach and bring the Word of God. And I'm so grateful for not just his investment into our life, but his church's investment into our church. Come on, how many of you know every church is on the same team, trying to reach people far from God? Amen. So if you would, would you just give a warm Renovation Church welcome to my friend, Pastor Chet Pete. Love you. Hey, church, um, I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. Before I have you take your seats, there's three things we got to do, okay? The first thing we have to do is thank God for the pastors of this house. Can you take a moment and give God praise for Pastor Cody? Jess, um, you guys are so, so blessed. Um, last month was Pastor Appreciation Month. Did you take care of him? And then his birthday was just this past week. Did you? Now, I was thinking, you know, you know, getting a, you know, a new pair of shoes for your birthday, it's amazing, right? If you didn't do that, do that. Bless, do it, do it, do it, do it, okay? But I don't know about, I don't know about Pastor Cody, but for me, you know, getting a gift, it's amazing. Maybe a gift card, date nights, all of that's amazing, also amazing. But you know, the thing that really encourages me as a pastor is as God is giving me vision, as God is giving me direction, that, that when I'm running after it, and sometimes I'm out ahead and I'm feeling alone, but God gives me a glimpse sometimes when I look over my shoulder and I start to see there's some faithful men and women that said yes to run this race with me. And so if you're trying to think, how do I encourage, pick up something, lift something, serve, do what God's called you to do in this place, that encourage your pastor more than you could ever know more than you could ever know. That's the first thing I needed to do. The second thing I needed to do is we need to prepare our hearts today. Um, maybe, maybe you're here today and, 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 and you're in desperate need of God to move. And uh, Maybe you're here today and you're in the best season of your life. Um, but, but, but there's some people in this room that you have seen God do miracles. You've seen God show up. You've seen Him heal. You've seen Him restore, you've seen him deliver. You see, it's a different when, thing when you heard about a miracle or you read about a miracle. It's another thing when you've seen it with your own eyes. And so just for a moment, I don't know what it was for you, but just for a moment, I wanna create an atmosphere of gratitude because it's different when you've seen it. I'll golf clap when I saw something cool. That was sweet, that was amazing. But who in this place would just take about five, 10 seconds to give God the biggest praise because you've seen a miracle. You've seen him show up in your family. You've seen him move some things around. You saw him deliver when you thought it was no way. You've seen God do some things. Hope that as we take a second and just reflect on the way he's shown up in the past, you'll believe that you'll see it again. And so, hey, we're going we're gonna to stand for this last thing. We're going to read God's Word together. I'm going to be in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 6. You'll see the Scriptures um, come up on the screen. Let me get my iPad going. 
There we go. Oh, I'm on. It's charged up. We're good to go. You know, that's one of my greatest fears sometimes is that, you know, I open up my iPad and maybe it's dead. I'm like, oh Lord. But I got my phone in my back pocket just in case. (laughs) But here's what we're going to do. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 45. Um, Let's just all stay standing, reading God's Word and Um, I'm really believing he's going to speak to you today. Um, Verse 45, it says this. It says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd after leaving them, he went up on a mountain to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. What a beautiful picture. I wonder how how Jesus walked on that water. Have any of y'all seen Equalizer? I just imagine it was like Denzel, just, just smooth. You know, just glided on this water. What a a sight. It says he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And shortly before dawn, he went to them walking on the lake. And something interesting happens. It says he was about to pass by them. But when he saw, when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Um, The title of my message today is called Straining to See, Straining to See. Um, Now, before you take your seat, um, look at your neighbor and ask them, say, hey, um, when was the last time you got your eyes checked? When's the last time you got your eyes checked? You can be seated. You can be seated. And as you take your seat, can you thank God for the worship team, the band? Amazing. Thank you guys for leading us into the presence of God today. Um, You guys are so, 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 so blessed. reason I asked about did you get your eyes checked is I saw some of you just squinting, straining, trying to read the scriptures on the screen. You really need to get your eyes checked. There's some of you that have glasses. I don't understand. How does that help you when you start looking over the glasses? How does that help you? I don't, under, I don't understand. I don't understand. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Um, but hey, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. I, I really do believe that God has a word for you today um, as we come into um, the end of this year. Um, I hope that as you look back, you see that God has shown up. You've seen some miracle signs and wonders um, as you reflect on the goodness of God this year. Um, but hey, I'm here with my, my wife and, um, and uh, we've been married 16 years, 16, 16 years, 16 years. And uh, as I was preparing for this message, um, I was thinking about um, my family, my boys. I, I, you guys are growing so fast and so many new people here that I knew I, knew I needed to take some time for you to be able to see my family. And I was reflecting because 
Uh, my boys are growing up, but I was looking back at pictures. I have identical twin boys, and uh, I always get nostalgic on birthdays and transitions. I always get nostalgic. And so I'll go back and I look at pictures. And I went back and I found this picture of my boys when they were graduating from preschool. So this is a picture of my boys. Look at the, oh my goodness. Now, they're identical twins, and I don't know who's who on this picture. I'm not joking. I really don't. I really don't. I strain. I turn my head side to side. I do everything I can. I can't tell you which one is Carter, which one is Carson. I can't tell you. I can't tell you who's who. Uh, You can take that picture down. You can take a picture down. Now, that was graduating. They're graduating, going into kindergarten. So their preschool graduation. Uh, My boys are now middle schoolers. They just graduated from fifth grade. They're going to sixth grade. And uh, here is a picture we took a couple weeks ago. Where did my babies go? Where did my babies go? They are looking at me eye to eye now. They're sixth graders. They're 12 years old. Uh, We're in the stage now where where I'm making sure that they know um, the value of deodorant. Uh, They understand how significant that is to their enjoyment in life. And you don't want to walk in a room and everybody goes in other directions. And so I'm teaching them some things right now. But if you look at this picture, if you look at this picture, I don't know if you noticed that Carter, Carter has glasses on. Uh, Carson doesn't. um, Carter has glasses, Carson doesn't. So next time I come back, if we get to bring the boys, um, it'll really mess them up if you know their names, if you come up to them, because they're used to people coming up and saying, which one are you? That's usually what people say. So you got the behind the scenes scoop. Carter, Carter wears glasses. You can pull the picture down. You can pull it down. The reason why I bring this up is a couple of years ago, uh, we went to the doctor for um, our checkup and we found out that Carter, one of Carter's eyes didn't develop all the way. So for some reason, it just didn't develop all the way. And so his other eye had been overcompensating. So every time he would be able to see, but he had to strain to be able to see well. And so when they they started to do the test and figure out, they realized that, oh gosh, he really can't see that well. And it made me start to think about seasons of vision that you find yourself in. Maybe for your family, this is a season of vision for this church is that, here's the thing about, about vision is that, you know, Carter could see, he just couldn't see clearly. He could see, but, but it was sort of impaired because one eye didn't develop all the way. I don't know about you, but I want to see the full picture of what God has for my life. I don't want to see a partial glimpse. I want to see it all. I want to see it all. I want to see it all. And I realized that my son, for all of these years, he couldn't see it all. And so... I want you guys to remember this moment when we finally get him his glasses. He goes in there, he gets his glasses and he puts them on for the first time and he turns around. He said, did it always look like this? Did it, was it always this bright? I wonder what would happen in your life if you begin to see all that God has for you. If your eyes were open to see that he loves you, he wants to bless you and he has greater things in store for you. What would happen if we all walked into work and our eyes had shifted and we began to see some things differently? I'm not saying that you don't see. I'm just saying that maybe you don't see clearly. I want to see my family blessed. 
I want to see my marriage blessed. I want to see my ministry blessed. I want to see it all. I want to see it all. I want to see it all. For some of you, and I know for this church, God has given a very clear vision, a very clear direction, a place that he's calling you to go. And in this text, we see that Jesus tells these disciples, I need you to get into the boat and you're going to go to this place called Bethsaida. This is where you're going to go to this place called Bethsaida. And I want to tell you something. When God sends you to a place, I'm telling you, there's something good on the other side of your obedience going, okay? This place called Bethsaida, I don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but it was a port city. It was a place where things would come in. Who, who, who wants to be in a season where some things are arriving into my life? Some things are coming into my life. And then it was a place where things were being shipped out. See, some of you, you only like receiving, but you don't like the giving part. Hey, I'm trying to get you to understand that there's some... There's some, the full picture that God wants you to see. And so he says, hey, hey, get in the boat and go ahead of me. I want you guys to go to this place called Bethsaida. Now, when we get into our, our key text for today, you see that we find these disciples doing something interesting. It says that they started to begin to strain at the oars. They're straining at the oars because this wind is blowing against them and now they're straining at the oars. Now, the beautiful thing about this text is sometimes when I, when I read about the disciples, I learn what not to do. So sometimes it's like they say something's dumb and it's like they say something stupid, whatever. And you're like, hey, don't be like Peter. <laughs> like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But then there's sometimes when you're reading the Bible where you see the disciples doing something, I'm like, oh, I wish I could be more like them. So in this text, you see them going on a word from God. He said, get into the boat and go to Bethsaida. Wind is starting to blow against them. And it says they were straining to get there. What am I trying to say? For some of you, you have a word that God has told you, a vision that he has for your life. And, and, and now wind is blowing against you and you see the wind as a sign to stop. What I love about the disciples is they didn't stop. They strained to see what God said. If you want to write something down, write this down. I'm going to strain to see what God said. You see, maybe you grew up thinking that if I went towards what God told me to do or, or, or there's some vision that he had for me, maybe you grew up thinking it was going to be easy. And so the moment that you have some wind blowing against you, you're like, well, I think I'm going in the wrong direction. I think the, I think the Lord is leading me to go another way. But what I love about these disciples is they said the last thing that Jesus told us was to get into this boat and head to Bethsaida. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. See, I told you earlier, me and my wife, we celebrated 16 years of marriage, 16 years, 16 years, 16 years. Well, we're not there yet. That's in January. But I'm always talking about it because there's a gift that I'm working on. So it's at front of mine. It's at front of mine right now. It's at front of mine right now. And so in January, we celebrate 16 years. So I'm already working on my gift. That's why I'm like, we're already there. I'm already there. Well, my bank account's already there. It's already, I'm already seeing, I'm already seeing the impact um, I'm already seeing the impact. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Now, if you go and you follow us on social media, if you go follow me at chatpete, um, chat.pete, if you go and follow us, if you go follow Whitney, we take a good picture. You saw it. You saw it, you saw it. We look good. 
We look good. I know how to pose. I know how to take a good picture. I do, I do, I do. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Click it, like it, comment, comment. All of it. You, you saw that post. You see the picture, but you didn't get to see the straining. You didn't get to see the straining. Like I, I, I always, every time I get a chance, I tell people publicly, I tell probably, I thank my wife for straining with me, for not giving up on me, for straining, straining through some hurt, straining through some pain. The joy we have today, we had to fight for. So I don't know where you're at today, but maybe, maybe you're looking at some other people's lives and you're like, oh, it'd be nice to smile like that. It'd be nice, it'd be nice to have that. But maybe there's some things God is calling you to do, but I'm asking you a question. Are you willing to strain to get there? We have to strain through some insecurity. We got married at 21. We have to strain through some insecurity. We have to strain through some financial struggles. We have to strain through the loss of family members. We have to strain through a lot. But I knew, I knew, I knew I had to have, I wanted a marriage. God had told me I wanted a marriage that, that would give hope to people. Because the word says that, that, that he uses marriage to demonstrate his love for his church. That's why it's so attacked. It's why it's so, so attacked. So it's like the, the world can't see a picture of God's love because people aren't willing to strain. People aren't willing to strain. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm, I'm telling you, these disciples, I'm grateful for them. Because they kept straining and straining so they could see what God said. Maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, Chet, you don't know my story. I've been straining for a long time. And, and, and matter of fact, I'm tired. I'm tired of straining. I'm, I'm tired of trying to do this. I've, been I've tried this. I've tried that. I'm tired. I'm, I'm beginning to get at the end of myself. Here's the thing about this text. We can really see it's in the middle of the night. It says that they were in the middle of this lake. It would have took them anywhere from six to eight hours to get across this lake. They have already been at least straining three to four hours. They've been out there straining in the middle of the night and the winds blowing against them. I could imagine that these disciples were tired. I could imagine their arms were shaking. I could imagine one of them would say, hey, listen, did he say Bethsaida? <laughs> Did, is that what he really said? Because right now I just want to be in the Bahamas. And this is, this is awful. This is awful. I'm sure there's somebody that wanted to give up. I'm sure there's somebody that wanted, and maybe that were, that's where you're at today. Like I'm at the point now where I don't know if I have it in me to keep going. You're at the point of throwing in the towel. And God maybe just wanted you to hear this one, one thing. No, don't stop straining. Don't stop straining. Don't stop straining. But how? How, how do I keep going? How do, how do I keep going? It, it's just words, pastor. It sounds good. Don't stop straining. But how, do, how does that help me on Tuesday? How does that help me when I'm crying and I'm alone? So here's what happened. Uh, uh, my, my, my boy's got, got his first pair of glasses. Carter got his glasses. And this blessed me when I started to think about it. Uh, I didn't get to go to the glasses store. I didn't get to go. Uh, I was doing something. And so my wife took the boys and they're in there. They're looking for glasses. And I get a phone call. I knew they were at the glasses store. And I pick up the phone. And my wife calls me and she's frustrated. 
she's frustrated. And I'm like, hey, babe, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And she said, listen, I'm tired of these boys. They won't go ahead and pick their glasses, and I'm tired of it. Now, here's the thing. Those of you that wear glasses, you'll understand this. There's two sections in the glasses store. There's two sections, okay? This is the section that your insurance pays for. Right here. Right here. Sometimes it's not a whole section. Sometimes it's like in the middle. It's this square. This is insurance covers this. Then there's another section. And the other section, these are name brand glasses. These, you know, these are, are polo and, 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 and then there's some Prada glasses and some Gucci frames and all of this. And my little 12-year-old boy, where do you think he is? God really spoke to me as I was thinking about this is because my son, he understood the value of a frame. I'm gonna break this down. I'm gonna stay here for a second. My son understood the value of a frame. He was like, the lens that I'm going to look through makes a difference and it's worth spending some time, some money and energy on. And so, so let, me, let, me, let me make it plain. How do you frame your life? How do you frame your life? How do you look at your life? No, 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 no. Now, here's, here's, it's like, I'm not talking about Gucci now, okay? But, but, but do you frame your life through the lens of gratitude? What would happen if every day you woke up, and I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, but you found a list of things that you could be grateful for. You found a list of things, you're like, you know what? Somebody else didn't wake up today, and I woke up. Somebody, somebody else, somebody else wished they had someone to wake up with, but God bless me, he getting on my nerves right now, but at least he's here. Somebody's praying desperately that they would have a child. These kids are running me ragged, but God, I thank you for it. What would happen? You know what happened? While you're straight, I get a little bit more energy. I got a little bit more energy because I framed my life differently. I started to see through a different perspective. What would happen if you just begin to praise God more at the beginning of your day? Before you did anything else, you just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You've been good. You've been faithful. Thank you for your sustaining grace. God, thank you for your mercy. God, thank you for the way that you've shown up. You see, what would happen if you just framed your life differently? So, these disciples, they're in the middle of the night. They're straining. They're tired. And then something interesting happens in the text. Something interesting happens in the text. and This really stood out to me. Uh, let's put up um, verse 48. Verse 48. Verse 48. It says, it says, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Okay. Shortly before dawn, he came out to them walking on the lake. Walking on the lake. Real quick, just to encourage some of you, Jesus wanted you to know that he's walking on what you're sitting in. I don't have time to preach that, but I, I want you to have the perspective that whatever it is that you're straining with, he's walking on. 
He's walking on. He's walking on. He has all power. He has all authority. He's demonstrating his power and authority, walking on what they were sitting in. What are you sitting in today? What are you sitting in today? He's greater. What are you sitting in today? He's stronger. He came to them. He came to them walking on a lake. And then, and they were, they were terrified. It says, but when they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him were all terrified. I, I think I skipped over my part here. This is what I skipped over. Let me back up to 48. This is the part right here. Go back to 48. It says, because the wind was against them shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on a lake. But this part right here messed me up. He was about to pass by them. And listen, when you read your Bible, read it real slow. Because that just jumped off the page to me. And a matter of fact, I got mad at Jesus. Jesus, the only reason these disciples are in the middle of this lake with the wind blowing against them is because you told them to go. You come out to them walking on water like Denzel and then says, you were about to pass them by? I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Why would... Why would, you, why would you pass me by? Maybe that's where you're sitting at today. You feel like Jesus has just passed you by. Like, you, like there's, there's no hope that anything could change. That you see everybody else around you getting blessed. But when you think about your life, you're like, he's just passing me by. Why are they getting promoted? I'm straining, Jesus. I'm trying. I'm doing the best that I can. You're just going to pass me by. But the more that I wrestled with this text, I was like, this can't be the heart of my Savior. That can't be it. And the more that I thought about it, it was like from, from Mark's perspective, when Mark wrote this down, he, he actually was writing this for Peter. He actually was writing this down for Peter, recounting this story. And he's writing it down. He's taking notes. And from, from Peter's perspective, Jesus was about to pass them by. But this is... It's more that I read about this. I studied about this and I looked at another. Imagine the disciples' heads are down and they're straining over and over and over and over again, trying to make it to the place that Jesus said. They're trying to make it to Bethsaida, trying to make your marriage work, trying to get out of debt, trying to raise these kids, trying to, trying to, just straining and they're sweating and it's windy and their heads are down. The more that I read about this, the question was, how many times did Jesus walk past them? How many times did Jesus walk past them before they finally picked up their head and saw that Jesus came to them in the middle of their struggle and saw that Jesus came to them in the middle of their pain? And so God told me to tell you, hey, lift up your head, child. Lift up your head. While you're straining, the Savior runs to you. He comes with comfort. It says the moment he got into the boat, you saw what his intention was. There was peace when they saw him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There was comfort when they saw him. So here, I'll say it this way. Don't strain to see what Jesus said. And you don't miss 
Jesus the Savior. I'll say it another way. Don't strain to, to receive the promises of God and you miss the person of God. I'm, in this season of building, in this season of building, in the season of trying to make it happen, don't miss Jesus. They were close enough to hear his voice, but they didn't recognize him. No, 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 no. There's some things that happens in our life and you're looking around, you're like there's no way Jesus is anywhere around. Now, so I was like, you know what? They were struggling to see Jesus. So if I was there, what would I have done? I was like, well, they need to go get their eyes checked. Jesus is too close for them not to be able to see him. Something's wrong with their eyes. I need to go take them to see Carter's doctor because he got him right with some new glasses. The ones that the insurance paid for. I, 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 so I went to optometry school. Okay, Google. I just Googled it. And, 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 and I want to show you this chart. This is the Snellen eye chart. This is Snellen eye chart. Now, I'm sure you guys have seen this before at some point. Some of you just got real overwhelmed because this is the moment that you found out you were blind. Like this is the moment you found out you couldn't see. And so let me break this down a little bit. So, so, so this is a Snellen eye chart. It, te it tests a lot of different things. It tests eye sharpness, eye movement. Uh, you see the green line and the red line. Uh, that's to be able to make sure that you're not colorblind. And so if, if you didn't see a green and a red line, I'll, I'll bill you for my services. I'll bill you for my services. Now, the other thing that was interesting to me was that there are more E's, more the letter E's, more E's in this chart than any other letter. It was very interesting to me. So I started to like, why, why, why? Well, the E's interesting because it has this one vertical line and three horizontal lines. And it's harder sometimes to make it make out if your eyes aren't strong. And so I was like, okay, okay, I got it. Now, if all the way in the back, if you can't see that that's a big E up top, please don't drive out of here today. If you, seriously, if you don't see the big E, <laughs> If you don't see the big one, somebody make sure, okay? Make sure they're not driving. I need to make it back home to Charlotte and I don't want to get into an accident. So I got this chart. I got this chart. I got this chart. And I was like, like, God, you know, sometimes, Pastor Cody, you understand this. Sometimes when you're studying and things come in and you're like, God, I feel like I'm going down a rabbit hole. Why are you got me looking at this chart? This makes no sense. Like, I'm wrestling with God. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? Like, why am I studying this? Why am I on Google looking at eye charts? And, and I slowed down and, and, and he really wanted to give you something that you could remember, something that you could hold on to, something that you'd be able to remember this week while you're straining. And he, and he told me this and, and I thought it was corny. I was like, I don't want to say that. He was like, no, just tell him. Um, and this is what I want you to write down. Look for E. Just write down, look for E. Look for E. I'm not talking about Eric. <laughs> Or Erica. <laughs> not talking about, not talking about them. Look for E, look for E, look for E. And it's like, God, why, what, what do you mean? And then it like jumped up in my spirit. 
jumped up in my spirit. Go to Matthew. And, and this, really, this really stood out to me. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And this was said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Put that chart back up. Put that chart back up. I'm trying to get you to understand. You got to look for Emmanuel. You got to look for E. Now, here's the thing. You need to look for E in the big moments. In the big moments of life. You need to look for E way down here. I'm squinting my eyes. I don't know if he's there. But in faith, I got to look for E. I got to look for E when I wake up. I got to look for E when I go to sleep. I got to look for E when it's easy. I got to look for E when it's hard. I got to look because the scripture tells me that Emmanuel, God with us, he's with me. But sometimes I get it. I got to strain. I got to strain. I got to strain to see him. So, so some of you still aren't with me. Let's, let, let's go to uh, anybody engaged in the place today. Anybody engaged? We got to engage. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So, so, so here's the thing. You, you got to look for E on your wedding day. Put wedding up. You put wedding up. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you get married, uh, one of the things I love to do, I love to do at weddings is, is this, the three strand knot where I take three cords and I begin to braid them together. But, and I'm doing this at ceremonies because I know one cord that represents the bride and, and, and one cord that represents the groom. And, but there's one cord that represents God. And as I braid them together, I'm just trying to get you to know that if you don't have this third Cord, this marriage won't work. You better look for E on your wedding day. But as I'm talking about that, there's somebody in the room that was divorced and Satan tries to draw some shame up in you. But here's the thing I know about divorce. At the end of the settlement, at the end of the breakup, at the end of the heartache, when you cried your last tear, you better look for E. God is with you. He's never left you. He'll never forsake you. You might be in a season where you got all the peace in the world. It feels like you're just walking through lilies and, and it's like you got peace. Here's the thing I know about peace is that God is in the midst. You might be in a season where you're stressed out. You're stressed out, bent out of shape. I want you to know that in the middle of that stress, you can look free. Tell your neighbor, say, look free. Look for E, look for E. He, I want to skip to this one. Let's go, let's go to failure. Let's go to failure because some of you, some of you, you, you just failed. You, you maybe lost a job. You lost a job. You, you, you messed up. Whatever failure means, I don't, I don't know your situation. God knows. Here's the thing. At the end of yourself, at the end, when, you've, when you're at the end of your rope, you messed it all up. You did it all in your own strength. God never left you. You got to look for E. Now, some of you put success up. You're like, Pastor Chet, um, I'm extremely successful. You know, you know, my, you know, everybody else's 401k is going this way. Mine's going that way. I've diversified some things. I just got promoted. Here's the thing I know about success. It was only by God's grace. It was only by God's mercy. It was only because his hand was on your life that you've experienced the success.
success that you're walking in. In every area of your life, you got to look for He. You got to ask yourself some questions. God, what are you doing in this? What are you trying to show me in this? What are you trying to do in my heart? What are you trying to demonstrate to me? Slow down, slow down, slow down. Every day. Sometimes you got to strain. Sometimes you got to strain. Sometimes you got to strain to see him. But he's there. Look for E. Look for E. Look for E. Now, all of that was helpful. I hope so. I hope it was helpful. It blessed me. It blessed me. I've had to look for E all week this week. I had a staff member that passed away this past Saturday. 35 years old. Took a nap. Did not wake up. She's married. Two beautiful babies. I have anything cute to say to his wife. It's one of the hardest things to do to walk with families in moments like this. You might be standing in the middle of something right now and you're like, I don't know if he's here. Where are you at in this? I can't trace you. I can't find you. I'm looking as hard as I can. And God really spoke to me, really spoke to me. But we have to go back to how this text started. Go to Mark chapter six. Let's go to verse 45. Let's go to verse 45. Pay attention to this church. Pay attention to this. It says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. So Jesus goes up on top of this mountain to pray, sends the disciples ahead. The text says that the disciples in the middle of the lake, he's on the top of this mountain. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Next verse. Later that night, the boat was in the midst of the lake and he was alone on land and he saw them. I hope this blesses you the way it blessed me. Jesus is on top of a mountain. They're in the middle of the lake. And the text tells me that he saw them. There may be seasons of your life that you're straining to find God. You're straining to see him. But God told me to tell you, he never took his eyes off of you. He never took his eyes off of you. Whether you're up or down, whether you're struggling, he never took his eyes off of them. Wherever you find yourself today, you may have to strain to see him sometimes. God wanted me to let you know that he's watching you. He's watching over you. Everybody stand on your feet. There's a parable in Luke talks about the prodigal son 
And the story goes that there's two sons that this, this, this father has. And the youngest son, the youngest son comes up to him and she says, give me my inheritance. He wanted all his money, all of his resource that he would get. He wanted it now. So give me my inheritance. The father gives him his, his inheritance and says that the son goes out with that money and it says that he squanders it all. Squanders it all. He loses it all. I mean, whatever, whatever your mind could come to is what he was doing. I mean, he gambled. He, you know, he was, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just saw some kids in the room I, and I adjusted what I was gonna say. But imagine, imagine, imagine whatever your, your desires are. Deepest, darkest, like he just did it all. He lost everything, lost everything. Comes to the end of himself and he's, 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 he's in, a, in a pig farm. And he's like, he's so hungry after he lost everything. He didn't even have any money to buy some food. He's looking at what the pigs are eating and was like, you know what? I desire that. And then he shakes out of this moment. Put up this verse, Luke. Put this verse up for me, Luke 15, 18. It says this, he says this. He comes to his senses and he says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he comes to himself, he's like, I'm gonna go back to my father. But here's the thing that, that really blessed me, really blessed me. Go to the next verse. But while he was still a long way off, how far away was he? A long way off. Some of you, you feel like, I'm, I'm a long way off from my God. I'm a long way off from my Father. I've made too many mistakes. I've done too much wrong. I'm a long way off. But while he was a long way off, his Father saw him. And when your Father in heaven sees you, he takes off running towards you. Just like he came to the disciples in the middle of the lake. Where is he running to you in the middle of right now? He throws his arms out. He puts his arms around him. Because that's his son. If you're here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never given your life to him or or maybe you're here today and you used to walk with God, used to talk with God, but you walked away from the faith. The straining got too much for you. It got too hard. You decided to try to figure out how you could solve some needs in your own strength just to make yourself feel better and kind of turned your back. Even, even, though, even though you might've taken your eyes off him for a little bit, he never took his eyes off of you. What kind of love is this? What kind of love is this church? And so I wanna give you an opportunity right now to respond. I wanna give you an opportunity. If you're here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you used to and you walked away. I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now to give your life to him. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Bow your head, close your eyes. And repeat after me. This is a prayer of salvation. This is a prayer of surrender. I says, if you believe in your heart 
confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Repeat after me. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died on a cross and rose from the grave to forgive me of my sins. So I give you my sins. I give you my shame. And from this day forward, I'll follow you. This is my new beginning. I am a child of God. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, if this is your moment of salvation, if this is your moment of surrender, if you're coming back to Him, when I get to three, I want you to shoot your hand up boldly. God wants to see you embrace His love. He wants to see you respond to His call. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up if you're making that decision today. I see you, I see you, I see you. Now everybody, I need you to take about five, ten seconds and give God the biggest shout of praise. Shout glory be to God. Shout hallelujah, thank you Jesus. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church give. Have a blessed day.